Sign up to The Economist for in-depth curated expert analysis of world events and topics ranging from business and culture to science and technology. You'll get the weekly digital edition, online-only articles, curated newsletters on politics, the markets, science, culture and China, and full access to The Economist Podcast Plus. The Economist is independent journalism for independent thinking. Go to economist.com and get your first month free. Hollywood Live Extra with Tanya Hart. The world is still numb over the tragic death of NBA legend Kobe Bryant and his daughter and seven other people in a helicopter crash over Calabasas, California. My guest today is Christopher Hart, former chairman of the National Transportation Safety Board. And Chris is here to shed some light on how they proceed with these investigations and also give us some firsthand knowledge about the helicopter that crashed. Chris, welcome to Hollywood Live Extra. Thank you so much for coming on at such a short notice on this, too. Thank you for having me. Well, Chris, I I have to say, you know, I I let people know, yes, you are my brother-in-law. I brag about you all the time. But you've also been the international proponent of air safety, even when you were with the FAA. So the first question here is, everybody is saying, I mean, I know it was foggy. I was out. I was on my way to Staples Center. I could barely see downtown. If foggy conditions considered dangerous enough that local police agencies had grounded their choppers, what should have happened here? You know, what should have happened in your mind? Well, first of all, let me extend my condolences to Kobe Bryant's family and the <clears throat> families of all the others who were on that on that helicopter. That I just can't tell how, as Tanya said, how difficult that is for the, the world to put up to, to, to handle that loss. So my condolences to, to everyone. Yes, uh, absolutely. To, to answer your question, what... What you're saying is going is the reason why the NTSB is going to look at very carefully at what weather information did this pilot have for his route of travel for where he's planning to go and how accurate was it. So they will certainly be looking into into because fog it can be local, can be not so local. I mean, it's quite variable. So the mere fact that the Los Angeles police did that doesn't necessarily mean that the route of travel that 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 helicopter was going to take was all was similarly affected. So that would be the first thing that that the NTSB would look at weather-wise is did, did what information did that pilot have and was it accurate? Well, that's a good point because they did take off from Orange County, which could have been very sunny in Orange County. Who knows? Uh, I do know by the time I heard that they started getting into trouble when they got over Burbank. And I, I don't know if it's true. I had heard that they had thought about going back to Burbank, and I don't really know what happened. I'm sure they will find the black box, and they will they will find all that information out. But just say that, you know, I mean, anybody could be in that situation. So as a pilot, and as one who actually knows quite a bit, and we're going to talk about that. I think this uh, helicopter is called the Sikorsky S-76. Knowing that particular uh, aircraft, if you get in a situation like that, what should a pilot generally do, or what do they generally do? That's very dependent on a lot of circumstances. It's hard to give a blanket answer to that because it depends on on what the... how... Is the pilot on an instrument flight plan, for example, or not? How uh, bad is it in all directions? Are, are there any places that are nearby that aren't so bad? I mean, there, there are so many variables that it's hard to say in the abstract what a, what a pilot should do. But it's one of the things that the NTSB is going to look at in terms of questions like that is, will they, 
what what can they find out? You mentioned the black boxes. I'm not sure these helicopters had black boxes because they're not required for helicopters. The NTSB has, has recommended it for some time that helicopters, especially larger helicopters like this one, have flight data recorders and cockpit voice recorders, but, but the FAA has not required it, so I'm not sure that they will have what's commonly referred to as the black box. Mm, uh, oh, interesting. Nonetheless, nonetheless, the NTSB will look at, like a lot of the instrumentation, for example, has chips, has memory chips, and typically those memory chips are non-volatile, which means they don't lose their information if they lose their power. So they'll, they'll be looking at those memory chips. We've even had passengers on board filming things with their phones, and so they'll, they'll look to see whether there's any of that. They'll look to see whether you can buy... If you don't have any boxes, black boxes in your in your aircraft, you can buy a, 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 a device that can be mounted that has video cameras and and take and captures the sounds that are occurring on the on the helicopter. So you know there's a possibility that this helicopter had that. So that's what the mm-hmm. the, the NTSB will be looking at is what potential information sources can they look to to find out. Uh, and they'll be of course re- relying on conversation with air traffic to see what what was the pilot. You know, that will help them find out what was the pilot thinking, what was the pilot doing, and, and that will be an important aspect as well. So they're going to look at all aspects of the operation. Right. And they also take a look at the pilot's history. This was, by the way, from what I understand, it was Kobe's actual, his private helicopter. It was his own helicopter. So does that generally make a difference? I mean, if you're renting one from someone or if you own it, I would think it makes a little bit of a difference. But what would that be? You know, I mean, if you own it, I guess you can just call any time of the day and say, hey, let's go. Um, And does that play into this sometimes? That depends on how it works. Typically, when someone owns a, a, a helicopter that big, they would have it under the control of, of some company that pr- probably takes care of a lot of helicopters, so it's not just sitting in their garage and, and they tamper with it, but it's actually you know being professionally maintained. But that will certainly be one of the things the NTSB will look will look at is whether there were any maintenance issues associated with it, not only with the helicopter itself, but, but the instruments within the helicopter, were there, you know, were they all functioning. So they'll, the NTSB will look at all of that very carefully. Mm, well, you know, do choppers, I mean, it's thinking about that, you know, we always think about the planes and everything, but these days helicopters are very popular. I know certainly in the city of Los Angeles, there are a lot of companies. I mean, you know, a, a good date night in L.A. these days is like, you know, you go get a helicopter and you and you take your lady or your guy or wherever and you, you go around the city and, and things like that. How safe is that? I mean, you know, things like this happen and you begin to wonder, oh, maybe we should think about that a little bit more. Well, helicopters don't have as good a safety record as the airlines do, for example, because helicopters are typically in much more challenging missions. A good percentage of helicopters are in the EMS mission, and that's that's very challenging because you're going to all kinds of places that aren't airports at, in, in not necessarily good weather, and there's high tension lines around, and you're at time crunch because you're trying to rescue someone who's in a car crash and things like that so EMF helicopters have very very challenging missions and that's a, a, a good part of the reason why their safety record isn't as good as the airlines because their missions are so much more challenging so they, oh, interesting. They, mm-hmm. and they also are more maintenance intense too because they are mechanically more complicated than airplanes so so this takes much more the, the ratio of maintenance hours to flight hours is, is is higher for helicopters and for airplanes hmm 
That's interesting. I, I didn't even think about it like that. So, for instance, this helicopter, they're saying when it was flying, and it was flying at about 160 knots, which is about 184 miles per hour. That sounds pretty fast to me. Um, and it descended at a rate of more than 4,000 feet per minute. That's what the data was showing. Is that... I mean, is is that right for helicopters? Is that going exceptionally fast, or was this just a really, you know, fast, big helicopter? I mean, that 184 miles an hour sounds pretty fast to me. Well, that's not that's that's a pretty sophisticated helicopter, and it's made to it's made as a transport helicopter, so it so it needs to be relatively fast as helicopters go. So that's the speed doesn't surprise me. That the 4,000 foot a minute descent surprises me, and I'd have to wonder if that. If that information is accurate, that the NTSB will be looking at that to see if if that's really what's happening. So one of the other things, and I don't know how much the NTSB does this or what what agency I know out at the site, people have been coming. You know, since this happened yesterday morning, um, people have been coming out there. They've had to close off streets. They've had to close off areas to get up there because it's a very, it's it's really heavy terrain, and so everybody's having a difficult time getting there. Which is why they're saying it's going to take a couple of days to even you know get all of the deceased out and all of that. How, how does the NTSB play into all of that? And, and what are they doing when the coroner is there and all of this? I mean, I know this is gritty and it sounds awful, but I think it's important for people to know, first of all, so that if they're around in this area, they don't show up. But second of all, just because people need to know. Well, their on-scene investigation is very intense. I, I would anticipate they would be there at least a week or so looking on scene. They want to look at, for example, the debris field helps give them some idea as to the crash dynamics. So if it's a very compact debris field, that tells them one thing. If if there are parts spread about for miles, then that tells them another story. So, so they're going to look at that. They're going to see what kind of evidence they can get from the local environment on you know, exactly what happened. As I said, they're going to be looking for witnesses. They're going to be going in, in great depth into the pilot's background and training and how current was the instrument current and questions like that. Going to be looking at uh, obviously the weather report, so it's a it's a fairly intense. Going to see if they can find witnesses. We've often had people on the ground who heard funny noises, and then next thing you know, we're they're filming it. So we they're going to look for uh, witnesses. They're going to look for any kind of surveillance cameras, any video indications. So there, it's pretty intense on scene investigation, and I anticipate that will last, especially if the if it's difficult to get to it. I I, I would 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 expect it to last at least a week or so. Yeah, they and there were witnesses. Um, a couple of people actually saw it. I don't know if they were the ones videotaping it, but yes, there were witnesses. There, there is some videotape of it, and uh, that's what we have been seeing on the news, certainly locally here. I just want our audience to know uh, you're listening to Hollywood Live Extra. I'm Tanya Hart. My guest today is Christopher Hart, former chair man of the National Transportation Safety Board and and yes I do brag about you because you are my brother-in-law and have been for a long time. <laughs> we we've been we we've been flying around around these locations for a very very long time Chris. And like I said, you know, the thing that you've always stressed is safety. And 
I think that sometimes, you know, we are so accustomed to just hopping into a vehicle, whatever it is, and we don't think about it anymore. That's why we have so many people texting and driving and so many people getting in their car without putting on their seatbelt. And and I will just tell everybody out here, do not get in the car with Christopher Hart and not put your seatbelt on because you won't go anywhere. He will not start the car unless you've got your seatbelt fastened. Okay. So how important, I mean, just let people know how important all this really is well the the objective of the ntsb is to try to learn as much as they can from things that go wrong to try to help prevent those things from going wrong again so i mean i'm i'm i don't i don't know enough about the circumstances in this situation but i can tell you for example that we've investigated crashes where the passengers were, were pressuring the pilot to complete the mission and and then and it ended up in a bad way so i i again i have no clue whether anything like that happened here but but the NTSB goes very much in depth. They they want to know what only, not only what happened, but why did it happen? And they keep digging to try to find out to get to the root cause why to try to do what they can to make recommendations to prevent those mishaps from occurring again. Well, we are hoping that uh, I know that they will get to the bottom of this. And again, Chris, I think you said it at the top. Our condolences go out to Vanessa and Kobe's entire family, the Laker Nation, and all of us here in Los Angeles. You know, it's it was amazing. Um, I was I happened to be at the Grammys down at the house that Kobe built when all of this was uh, kind of going down, and the thousands of people. The, I mean, literally thousands of people that, that had the they just had. Had to come out and to celebrate this man and they were really in shock and they stayed there i mean i didn't leave there till it was like way after almost 11 o'clock and people were still out i'm like okay time to go home folks but you know that's what um he meant to this city i, I don't know about the rest of the world but he meant a lot to this city so chris we may be calling you back once we get more information but we certainly appreciate you joining us today thank you so much my pleasure thank you for having me and for everybody else don't forget to subscribe to the American Urban Radio Network's app or SoundCloud, Stitcher, or any other podcast directory. Make sure you download all of these. You don't want to miss any of them. If you like what you hear, leave us a five-star review. I'm Tanya Hart. This is Hollywood Live Extra. Hollywood Live Extra, a product of American Urban Radio Networks. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.